Well, it's a week later, and nothing really has changed for the Guardians. Uh, we're sitting here with a few preseason games and more free agents off the market. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about who are the best free agents left. Uh, we'll talk about the report that uh, the Guardians were in on Winker and Olsen. And we talked about last week why neither of those happened, but we'll retouch on those and more on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. <laughs> Are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jeff Ellis. I've been the host on Locked On Guardians since its inception. Before then, I was the lead scout and prospect analyst for 24-7 and Scout. I actually took over for Kylie McDaniel at Scout. Uh, funny story, I remember once going into the comp accounts and seeing Brian Cashman's name in there. I think I mentioned this on here before, but it's still funny to me to think that like Cashman got a comp account. He couldn't afford an account. Uh, my co-host is here with me. I'm going to just... There he is. He's hanging out. Doesn't have much to say, but I know people have been talking about the co-host uh, on my Twitter. So there's a, a shot of him hanging out. Uh, if he has anything to say, I'm sure he will let you know during the show. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. We are back to five days a week. So please remember to download daily, rate and review. It really helps the show. Subscribe on YouTube as well, if you can. All those are really important ways you can help this little podcast continue to grow. Let's get us back consistently into the top 100 podcast and start pushing back in the top 50. Remember, we got into the top 30 once even, so let's keep at that. So, okay, so the basically we got the official news that the Winker deal fell apart because the Guardians weren't willing to take on Eugenio Suarez's contract. That makes sense. That is logical. Um, that is what I stated on this show. And I talked about recently, like, Matt Olson. That one fell apart when the Guardians are chasing because they don't have a catcher prospect of the level of Shang Langoliers. And more importantly, I think Oakland was doing a favor to a guy. Like, Olsen signed a sweetheart contract because he's from Atlanta. Like, he went home again. That was a nice thing they did. I mean, they also got a lot of talent. Uh, the Guardians don't really have a Pache, who at points has been considered one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball. I mean, the star has fallen off him quite a bit. Uh, so we'll have to see. But it he's... He's not where he was, let's put it that way. But, yeah, it's uh, those deals fell apart. There's still, you know, uh, the Chapman deal wasn't a whole lot, and I talked about him on the show. Obviously, you know, Story and Correa have signed. Correa to the Twins. Let's talk about this for a second. So, man, Houston fans are so mad. The If you were kind of like, how did this happen? How did Correa end up going to the Twins? Well, there's two big things you have to take into account. The first one is that uh, thanks to that deal where they got rid of Donaldson's contract, they had space. The Yankees essentially assisted the Twins getting Correa. If you're a Yankees fan, maybe you like that because it kept them out of going back to Houston, right? Uh, you made a trade. Maybe you got better. Maybe you didn't. We'll have to wait and see as a team. But that deal allowed the Houston Astros to get weaker. And the Astros are in a vision that, uh, you know, Oakland is just completely waving the white flag. Seattle is hoping to take their step forward this year. Uh, Texas as well. Like, it's a competitive division on paper, though we often see teams that win free agency actually win in the season almost never. So time will tell. 
But it was fascinating from that perspective that the Yankees essentially helped the Twins and hosed the Astros all at once. And two, Scott Boris became, uh, you know, the agent for Korea this offseason. And essentially what his contract is is a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal with an opt-out. Uh, if he doesn't perform super well or if he gets hurt, he can opt back in and there's safety in that. But if he had signed a multi-year deal, a chunk of that would have gone to his former agency. Since he signed this deal, if he opts out after one year, next year the agency he went to would get nothing. So this is a deal that makes Boris significantly more money by just having Correa opt out after one year and then sign a new deal. Then they don't have to share a percentage. So there is also that, and I know, you know, and I brought it up in the group chat, and some with the Houston guys were like, well, you know, Correa had a choice to make. I'm like, yeah, but you hire Boris to get out of the way. No one tells Boris not to get the most money possible, and Boris was looking out for number one. I mean, he also, I am sure, got the best deal he could get. He always goes for max money. But this set up Correa to essentially have a one-year opt-out. So the Twins move that money, and they keep their flexibility in the future. We always hear about, you know, flexibility, and rarely do we actually see it get applied, but the Twins are actually using it successfully. They took that flexibility. They signed, um, you know, go back to when I was talking about division ranks and throw it all out the window. And the crazy, you know, since I t- did those division ranks, you know, the Twins have added Sonny Gray, Giovanni Urshela, Carlos Correa, why am I blanking? Uh, we'll see what they flip Gary Sanchez for. He's still probably on the move to somewhere. Uh, they also are still chasing Frankie Montes, which will be interesting because if they go out and get Montes, uh, I assume Larnick or Kirilov will be one of those pieces because we already discussed they have too many outfielders right now, the way that team is set up. But additionally, I, the Twins' prospect pool is shrinking. And they've made some pretty aggressive deals. There's a reason why. Uh, but And a lot of their high picks just haven't worked out. You know, Royce Lewis is hurt and hasn't quite paid off as that top overall pick. You know, the guy they saved money with and went out and got Blaine Enloe hasn't worked for them. They've, you know, they've had some other players like Jordan uh, Balzac, Balazac, who has stepped forward. But they've had a lot of guys who just have not gotten there. So they don't have a ton of pieces, and Montes is going to be expensive. Uh, but, the you know, again, with Oakland, it's like, please, Guardians, go talk about Ramon Lariano. Uh, he's just he's sitting there, and, and we've talked about uh, it, that his suspension maybe makes him a little bit cheaper to acquire, but also, like, doesn't hurt the overall value uh, in terms of what you're getting and gives opportunities for someone to... Uh, to step up and get some playing time at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, just mental shutdown there. But yeah, I, um, I'm curious to see what they do. I'm curious to see what the guardians step up and do anything. Uh, even I am starting to get a little frustrated though. I, I mean, I'll still preach patience cause there's still a lot of trade options out there. We have not seen the trade market get, uh, completely torn apart. Uh, we also have to comment and talk about the fact that Tito talked about, remember at the end of the season when it was uh, Ahmad Rosario's the shortstop, he's the shortstop, he's the shortstop. Now it's like, well, he's going to spend some time in other spots. He might play some short, he might play some left. You know, if they're setting him up to be like a left field bat occasionally, if you consider, I, I would think, you know, Quan would in right potentially or left, 
Uh, is there a platoon with them? I, I mean, I guess. Zimmer Mercado, I mean, well, how much do you trust Chris Valeca? Like, if he can get to Zimmer, I mean, all this stuff is there. There's reasons why teams, you know, I've talked to multiple Seattle writers who still want to trade for Zimmer because the defensive profile and the physical tools. So there's still that. And if you trust your new hitting coach, like, this this is a, you know, a prove-it case. Like, this could be the one that really you can make a name for yourself if you can fix Bradley Zimmer because uh, the physical tools are there. Uh, he just hasn't been able to, to put it together consistently. Um, but, yeah, they something needs to be done. Uh, yeah, right now is a golden opportunity for the Guardians. Uh, with everything going on with the Browns, um, you know, we're not going to get into that, obviously. But uh, that has fractured that fan base. There are a lot of people who are leaving and not coming back uh, after the, the moves the Browns made. So Cleveland Guardians have a chance to step up pick up some fans who are unhappy, uh, pick up some fans that have decided to, to walk away and not spend their money on a, on the football team. Do something. Get some interest. Uh, go out and make a move. You know, Lariano may not be some... I, I guess that's a, the thing. Is like, <laughs> is Ramon Lariano really going to be that exciting? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you get right down to it. The sad state of baseball and its ability to promote its stars, it's like, even if they went out and traded for, like, Brian Reynolds or Cedric Mullins, would that really excite a fan base? I mean, the diehards, yes, but the more casual fan, I, I don't know. And that's kind of the problem. It's like when they went out and signed Edwin Encarnacion. They signed the biggest free agent contract in the history of the franchise, the biggest contract, I believe, in the history of the franchise, and got one of the premier free agents on that market who had fit a need this organization had had for a decade with a right-handed power bat. That was such a running joke that they couldn't have a right-handed power bat that at one point in time when I was like early on Twitter... I made like a parody account that was just called right-handed bat and made jokes about the guardians not having one. Uh, you never followed it. It had like 10 followers and I didn't have the follow through to stick with it. Uh, but yeah, it was it, the guardians at that and they didn't have an uptick in any of their uh, ticket sales. Uh, and that was, you know, post the world series year as well. They had um, weirdly similar sales that they had had the years before. So it's it's kind of that I get the whole idea. It's like, well, if we go out and trade for someone, it costs a lot of pieces. But when your roster is where it is, uh, you need to consolidate. And then, yes, these may not be marquee moves, but they're moves that are going to make you better. And if your team is playing better, if this is a team, and I know you can also say, hey, when they were winning, nobody went. Yes, this this is true. And they had stars and they had wattage and they had all these things. They're never going to win Cleveland. It's just the truth of the Guardians. They're never going to be the team in Cleveland. They're just not. Right now, um, the inaction will cause them to lose more fans, and that has been the big complaint for so long. And the situation with the Browns is going to give them an opportunity to gain more fans because, again, it's not like I hear people going, oh, now I'm a Browns fan because they went out and traded for a quarterback with his history. I'm hearing from a lot of friends, family, and just random people on Twitter, oh, I am done with that team because of this reason. I'm not going to get into it anymore on the show, but just when you look at that and you consider the Guardians' perspective, it's like, here's an opportunity to pick up people. Uh, the Guardians have not, you know, there was the Mickey Calloway stuff, and we talked about that in depth on the show. When he was in Cleveland, the worst of it that we really tracked was, like, him having an affair and then Tito calling that person's husband to, like, hey, can you not make a big deal out of this? Trevor Bauer was in Cleveland, but everything that's happened with him was after he left. The Guardians, you know, they, I mean, when he was here, they had, they talked about 
some of the personality issues that were concerning uh, just in terms of his time there. And they were ready to move on. So it's an organization that if you want to sell yourself as kind of a uh, an alternative, you have an opportunity right now. Um, and you've got a lot of... Like I've talked about Shane Beaver is probably the nicest athlete I've ever met slash interviewed. Uh, go out and do something. Let's at least turn some positive heads. Uh, and honestly, it's a team that needs multiple moves. It, they do. Um, we'll spend segment two and three. This has been a super long segment one uh, discussing like who is left in free agency at each position. Uh, they go for trade for a catcher. I mean, you can't, you can't just keep essentially having a pitcher hitter, a pitcher, offensive production at catcher i don't care how good hedges is defensively uh go make that trade go make the Contreras hap deal and then still go make the lariano deal and then let you know uh, quan dh or if you're not set on rosario because he's not a good defender at short flip him you know find a team that's uh that needs a shortstop uh how about houston right Pena's not ready to go uh, well, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll come back from commercial break. I'll throw an idea for a potential Rosario to Houston deal. Uh, and, uh, then we'll talk about what's free agency. What is left? What is the all free agency team right now? It's that time of year again, as college basketball's tourney is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, there's your okay, so now we're back. So here's the problem with the Houston Astros deal. I was like, okay, yeah, I talked about it. Let's go find. Man, that is a, you know, they're kind of the perfect team to trade with in some regards because the depth is non-existent. Uh, and you go through and you talk about, you know, someone like Altuve with his step back, Michael Brantley being 35. Yeah, Bregman, Jordan, that's a good core. Yuli Gurriel is going to be 38 this season. Sometimes you forget, you know, he debuted later. Tucker's 25, uh, McCormick and Myers are battling for center field, neither who are good as straw, who they trade away. Pena, the son of Tony Pena, Jeremy Pena, uh, out of the University of Maine. I wasn't that high on him in his draft year, I'll be honest. Uh, he's not quite there yet, and that's why I was like, hey, maybe someone. And then Martin Maldonado, the defensive catcher. And remember, they signed Nico Goodrim to be like a potential fill-in at shortstop if everything went wrong. Like He's probably going to be the starting shortstop to start the year. That is why it would make some sense to trade them, uh, Rosario, if the Guardians feel like Jimenez can play short and they want to, or, or Arias, if they want to start those young players. Okay, but that's well and good, but it's like, what would you ask for? So if you go and you look at the Astros' top prospects, not trading Pena, he's their one prospect of note. Corey Lee, the catcher, right now looks to be, if everything works out for him, uh, Austin Hedges, right? Like, 30, 35 grade hit tool, plus power, huge arm behind the plate. Like Corey Lee is just Austin Hedges all over again. Hunter Brown is an interesting arm in the upper minors. I mean, Pedro Leon, but I can't see them moving him when they already have their own outfield issues. Has forced Whitley someone you want to see if you can help stay, you know. Houston's not a slouch when it comes to pitcher development. 
the fact that he's been completely unable to stay healthy, it's just, it's not, there's nothing here. And their bench, I mean, Jose Siri, who was, I believe, waived by the Reds and anyone could have had, there isn't much here. They are a team that really, really does not show a lot. Like, I mean, even going through their upper minors, it's like Joe Perez is kind of interesting just because he's been uh, beat up so much. I mean, I liked Ross Adolph coming out of um, Toledo. Alex McKenna was Cal Poly. Matthew Barefoot, oh, what D2 program was he? He was a, made a big name for himself on the Cape. Colin Barber, I know, is someone a lot of people like. Tyler Whitaker, their pick. Hey, uh, their second rounder last year out of, uh, was he from Bishop Gorman in Vegas? You know, I can't remember. Uh, you know, there's some guys, <laughs> some some names, but it's like, honestly, I just kind of look at them and I'm like, oh, um, maybe their draft pick. Like, I believe they have a competitive balance pick, right? And I was like, Taylor Jones. I remember kind of liking him at one point in time. He hasn't really done anything <laughs> given an opportunity. Uh, six foot seven, two hundred thirty pound first baseman, and Ross Adolph was kind of curious. Uh, I mean, he continues to hit. Say what you will. His runs created plus was a one eleven last year. Um, his first year in the Mets with the Mets it was a one twenty five and a one hundred four in low and high A. Slow played for a guy, you know, is twenty five years of age. Uh, only sixty five games a year ago as well. You'd like to see more. I don't know if he was hurt or what was going down there. But he's played well. You know, he was the guy who got traded from the Mets over in that J.D. Davis deal. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Any trade with Houston is hard to figure out just on the basis of I don't know what you get and I don't know what you ask for, and they have no depth. Um, You know, they would probably gladly take Straw back. I I know they like Chaz McCormick and they like Jake Meyer, and that's why they made that deal, but they, they don't have... If anyone gets hurt for Houston, they don't have anyone to step up. And that's going to be interesting for them. The depth is non-existent on that team. So let's get into the all-free agent team. Who is left? What is our market bearing out now that uh, guys have been signing left and right? Let's just dive in now. So we started the catcher position. Jeff Mathis, <laughs> Stephen Vogt, um, you know, Jose Louboutin. Th- those are your names. It's ugly. This is why they went out and signed. I mean, Drew Batera has been a pretty reliable backup type, but there's not even a ton of those. So when you get right down to it, the Indians went out and signed Luke Maley because there's nothing out there. Like, they got a guy who can at least be a backup catcher, uh, which is better than a lot of what's on the market. And that's, again, if you have to let him go, you let him go. But, you know, at least he, he brings some value. First base, uh, well, it's Greg Bird. I'm pretty sure he signed a minor league deal. I thought I saw Jose Martinez, son of Carlos Martinez, who's struggled the past few years. Mitch Moreland, who uh, was not the same guy after he left Boston. Ryan McBroom. Those are your first basemen. Uh, I guess I also failed to mention the Luke Voigt deal. That was a kick in the pants, was it not? Uh, Luke Voigt for Alex Lang. I talked about it a bit online. It's interesting like, I get it if you're the Yankees, because, like, I think about Alex Lang, and I think about Ryan Eddies, and I think about um, Zach Hess, and I think about all, basically since uh, Nola left LSU, every single pitcher who has come in as a draft eligible, who's had, like, a first, second, or third round grade, has disappointed in their junior year and not made a developmental step. Uh, you know, they got a new coaching staff there, and we'll see if things turn around, but they've had some issues with pitcher development uh and lang was a was a pretty big arm for them justin lang right yeah because it wasn't there also an alex lang 
who was there? Are those two related? Do I have the wrong name? Uh, or no, wait. Did I butcher this? Yeah, I got this wrong. Uh, even when I was talking about it. And now I'm talking about it, I realize what I'm saying. The Lang I was thinking of... Okay, so this is me being an idiot. The Lang I was thinking about, as I'm sitting here talking about it, was the pitcher Lang... So that tweet was awful from last week. Um, the one who went to the Yankees, Justin Lang, was a big Texas arm, threw really hard, late first round grade, uh, you know, just your typical big throws hard righty, no control. Now, why this is an interesting trade for the Yankees is uh, San Diego is just awful at pitcher development. That's why they went out and added Niebla. So this is a big arm you know, potential mid to back end upside. I was confusing him with Alex Lang. Now I feel like an idiot because I even did that in our group chat and no one corrected me. Oh, come on, people. <laughs> I don't even go into LSU. No one stepped up. Uh, but Justin Lang was, you know, he was like considered in that like five to 10 range of uh, prep arms in that class. And I just remember mocking him maybe a little bit higher than he went. But it was about the right range, and it was just San Diego taking a swing on a talented arm. And then he didn't get to pitch because, you know, look at when he's drafted. It's the 2020 draft, and that's its own disaster. He pitched very little last year. Um, so for the Yankees, they get a big-bodied guy with some velocity who has some upside. Uh, and he goes from a place with pretty terrible development to a good one. And, I mean, he was back end of the let's put it this way the guardians i think could have topped this deal but the one caveat i put in this is i'm pretty sure the yankees did this deal not the guardians could top this that that's no doubt the caveat though is i think the yankees were looking to clear a 40-man spot lang doesn't have to be added for a while there's value in that and the guardians uh cannot really add anyone without trading away someone who needs to go in the 40-man so I think there was some, uh, you have to look at that balancing in there when you consider that, that that was part of why the Yankees made this trade. Now, overall, the first base market is a disaster. I mean, I'd still love to see this team go out and actually do a simple, cheap upgrade at that position. It's not hard to do. Uh, you could find someone. I mean, we talked about Frank Schwindel. Uh, I mean, I'm just not sold on Bobby Bradley. They seem, but I mean, this is an organization that gave Jake Bowers every opportunity. I feel like we are signing up to see Bradley get another look, even though he has shown to be exactly what he, it's, it's always mystifying. Like Daniel Johnson showed more upside in the minors than Bobby Bradley has. Johnson just didn't get a look. Bobby Bradley gets more looks when he's shown to be exactly what he is. It's a little bit frustrating. Uh, let's take this commercial break. We're going to come back and talk about the rest of the infield on today's show. Sponsor number two is Built Bar. And as you know, I don't I don't read the ad read for Built Bar. I just sit here. You can hear me clicking away. Let's go see what's happening over at Built Bar today. See if they're going to entice me to buy. Uh, I have more than on one occasion ended up doing an ad read and then going and buying from them over at BuiltBar.com. I always use the promo code LOCKED15. And then as I talk about, you build up your Built Bucks. You do a few offers and you get to save 15% and then you're saving 5% with your Built Bucks. Uh, it, it all comes together well. Right now, limited releases. Uh, the lemon cheesecake is gone. So it's just the ruby chocolate and the caramel almond delight. I, t- I like the caramel almond delight. I, I must be in the minority. Uh, the churro puff is a really good one, though. I would highly recommend that. I enjoyed my banana cream pie. 
And even though it's like a puff, it's like a marshmallow interior, it's still 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar. It gets an A in my health food app, and it gets an A by my belly. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15. Remember that is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So what's, should we, let's go quickly through this infield as we talk about what's left. So uh, second base, you're looking at guys like Mike Freeman, Jed Lowry, Estrubal Cabrera, Joe Panic. Uh, I mean, again, I'm always good for an Estrubal uh, reunion. Uh, you know, he has been an effective hitter for quite a few years in a backup role. Not as much last year, but third base, uh, Brandon Drury, Todd Frazier, Matt Duffy. Yeah, it's not a great group left let's be honest like Kyle Seeger if he would unretire is probably uh one of the best players left in this market shortstop Jody Mercer Freddie Galvis it's that level it's the defensive first uh and pretty much defensive only types and when you get to outfield there is Conforto and again we've talked about like the issue with Conforto is he's going to cost you a, a draft pick there's also uh, Dexter Fowler. I mean, Tommy Pham hit well a year ago. Um, he's probably the most interesting outfielder who isn't going to cost you something. And after that, there's really not a whole lot left. There's not a lot of guys when you go through this list. You're like, Mike Talkman. I mean, I know a year ago I was big on him, but uh, right now there's a reason why he doesn't have a job. Brian Goodwin, same deal. Um, yeah, it's... I, I'm really hoping the Guardians will at least consider Fam. Now, the defense isn't there, but we've talked about some of the guys they've ran out there defensively in the past are much worse than Tommy Pham. Uh, they've ran out, you know, Domingo Santana, who's about as bad as it gets. Pham last year, I mean, he was a league average bat, a little bit better than. He was uh, in 2021, uh, 230 average, which was a pretty big drop for him. 341 on base. He's always walked at a high rate. 383 slugging for him so not a ton of power in san diego he's been traditionally more of a 20 home run guy and that fell behind if i were to go to advanced stats i'm just kind of curious to look at his bat hip and see you know if he was unlucky if you know how much is i know i feel like we already looked at him at one point it's like there is just some natural decline for him as we've seen he walked 13 percent of the time struck out 22 percent of the time his runs created plus is a 102, which, I mean, again, for the Indi- the Guardians outfield, that's fantastic. A 280 bat pip, so about league average-ish. He's definitely not someone you want to give a multi-year deal to, but, I mean, if you did, like, a one-and-one one with a buyout, he would probably jump and with a market with not really a lot left. Um, yeah, and the Guardians are kind of at this point now. Like, the the market is done. Tommy Pham, Michael Conforto, that's, that's about as interesting as it gets. So if they want to upgrade this team, it has to be through trades. It has to be sitting down um, and seeing what's going to happen. You know, there's some talk that they're going to... Oscar Gonzalez is going to get an opportunity. And he hit for a lot of power. But, you know, they, they... For someone who they're saying they're super... They didn't add him to the 40 man, right? Like, they could have... Um, they were going to risk him in the Rule 5. And there was, like, if they really, truly believed he was a starter, a potential starter, I just can't believe that they would have done that. I can't believe that they would have just not protected him. Uh, you know, right now we're probably looking at, like, 
Austin Hayes, Ramon Lariano, or Sean Murphy, Austin Meadows. Uh, free agency gets Tommy Pham. Again, I don't think they're going to go for Conforto in the loss of draft picks, which have just meant so much to them. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to just left field Ahmad Rosario. Uh, or Ahmed Rosario, I should say. It's it's that 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 could be it. And I mean, I I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, the promise was to spend, and if they sit back and literally do nothing to improve this team, if they do less than they did last year, um, where they added Eddie Rosario and they went out and added, you know, Cesar Hernandez, the, the, you don't even have those type of guys left. Um, you know, with Solar signing with the Marlins with Jock Peterson signing with the Giants for only $6 million. It was not a big deal. Uh, the market's been picked over. Teams moved quickly, and, you know, I was saying preaching patience, and they were going to see who's left standing. problem is there isn't anything left standing, uh, and there still could be teams again. I mean, it's essentially there's two interesting outfield bats, and that's about it. Uh, I don't know who else is really going to be looking to add an outfield bat who might be chasing uh, it's going to be kind of fascinating to watch and see. I'm not sure where Conforto is going to end up, but the Guardians honestly need to be um, in on FAM. They need to make a trade. You know, it, Meadows is hard because Tampa is in the same situation as Cleveland, and Cleveland needs to kind of do a four-for-one. Uh, that's why Lariano makes sense. It's also why, like, Ian Happ makes sense, or Wilson Contreras. It's like, yeah, so Murphy and Lariano would be, like, the really expensive. The El Cheapo version is Contreras, who's a one-year, and Happ, who's a two-year. Like, that still is a massive improvement for the team if they go out and do that. Um, so they, I mean, they need to do that. They need to go out and, and do something. But it does seem more and more... Um, that your outfield is shaping up to be Miles Strong, center field, Ahmed Rosario and left, and right field being Quan and Palacios, which, I mean, I like the idea of playing Quan in right field and seeing if, you know, if all the projections and everyone's uh, faith in him is well-placed. But... And that would be if they if they don't do anything this offseason, it's just it's a kick in the pants to a fan base that has been constantly kicked in the pants uh, in terms of top talent leaving and uh, ownership not spending. And again, there's really not an excuse to not spend um, unless it is the only excuse to not spend right now is because everything isn't finalized with minority ownership and that I have to essentially, you know, keep the books neutral until that is officially done. But if that is the case, then why wasn't, you know, that should have been ready to go the minute this lockout was over. So they could have quickly moved into acquisition mode. And I know they've been active on the trade market and attempted, but uh, finishing second, you know, it doesn't matter if you finish second or 15th. You still didn't get the guy, so who cares? But yeah, it's, uh, I get frustration. If your frustration is rising, it's totally acceptable and understandable. I mean, my frustration is getting there. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Remember to download daily, rate and review, uh, subscribe, comment, like on the YouTubes as well. Uh, and as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.